At Push My Buttons Podcast, you can get all the gaming news, as well as information on latest releases and game reviews. You can also watch us play some of your favorite games, everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to God of War, on YouTube and Twitch. Follow us on all the social media and listen on all of your favorite apps. Just search for Push My Buttons Podcast. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Think of the children. It's a trick. Get an axe. Give me some sugar, baby. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? See this? This is my boomstick. The 12 gauge double barreled Remington. S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this week, baby, was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. Got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart. Shop S-Mart. You got that? I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Groovy. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the first episode of our third season of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye. Woo! Yay, we're here, and we're we're starting a brand new franchise, uh, which was chosen by returning champ Melissa. Melissa, you wanted to do the Evil Dead, which you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to talk about the Evil Dead? I, I've heard so many things about this franchise over the years, and I, I, I like horror movies. I'm one of those weirdos who, like almost likes to be scared in in that sense you know um mm-hmm. and so I uh I, I, they'd always been on my radar they'd always sort of been on the list you know that list of things you'll get to eventually and the truth is most of them you won't get to because life you know yep. um so when you gave us the opportunity to like recommend franchises for this season I was like well I mean every time I have a chance to, you know, like I, I need a suggestion of something to watch. Somehow this never pops up. So if I, if we watch it, you know, as part of this, then I'll definitely finally see them. Um, and I also knew that there was a new movie, a new Evil Dead movie coming out this year. So I was like, you know, this might be the perfect time to just finally visit this, these movies and see what they're about. Yeah, it is kind of perfect. So um, Kit, and Brooke, you are you're both here. JB will supposedly be along in a minute. We'll see when he shows up. Um, but what for you two, what was your experience with Evil Dead? Have you all seen these movies before? Or are you or are, are you coming in fairly blind like like Melissa? So this is Kit. I I ha I know JB and Davey made me watch most of these movies when I was living with them, but JB asserts that they did not include this movie because of the tree rape scene. Um, I honestly don't remember because it was like 20 years ago. So I, yeah, I, I vaguely remember a couple snippets, but not really anything significant. Yeah. So, so you think you probably watched like Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness with them, maybe? But like, I think, yeah, I think so. Don't remember. Okay, we'll we'll have to ask JB if that's if that's that sounds very on brand for them because I mean, yeah, even 
even in the year 2000, like, it's like, that, that tree rape scene has not aged well. Like, this is not good. Like, let's not do that. (laughs) So, um, Brooke, what about you? You, you also like scary movies. I do. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it until, um, about 3 a.m. last night. <laughs> oh, oh, I started watching it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. Yeah. So, um, and how was it? I, well, like I, I said before we started recording, I didn't understand that this was a horror comedy. I do love horror movies. I watched it. I found it. I mean, there were parts that were just laughable, like in the beginning when they're in the car and you see her face pressed up against the window. And I was like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I also totally bought, like I, I was screaming at the parts where things were jumping out at me and I woke up several times last night afterwards, like having nightmares and like waking myself up from nightmares from it. So um, I feel like for a movie from 1981, it definitely has its problems. It did its job and I was just kind of left going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Okay, so I think that's a first question, is we've referred to this as a horror comedy. Is Do you... Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, I completely agree. Those are horror comedies. Do you think this was intended as a horror comedy, or do you think this was, like, straight horror? And it just, like, it was accidentally funny. I felt like it was accidentally funny. Um, and I felt like that made it more problematic. I agree with Brooke. I felt like this movie didn't know what it was sometimes. Um, it's like, oh, I'm a horror movie. And sometimes I'm just really boring. I'm like, we're not quite <laughs> at the go away, Sebastian. I'm counting matches like phase. But there were definitely some parts where it's like, what's going on? Why are you doing mm-hmm. that? <laughs> Also, his friends are just jackasses when they're driving. So, uh, I think I think you could have ended that sentence even before when they're driving. I think his friends are just jackasses. <laughs> it's like, oh no, all these people died. Yeah, I don't care about them. I don't. Yeah. I don't give a You're... shit about anyone in this movie. Yeah, it's like same kind of bad in that sense but i don't know um melissa did you did you take this as horror comedy or did you do you find this more straight horror i i thought it was mostly horror but like but but sort of like kit said i think that maybe this it wasn't completely sure what it was supposed to be um I mean, horror, yes, but was it supposed to be funny? I, it's hard to say. I, I, It seems to mostly take itself seriously, but then there's things like, mm, maybe not. You know, I, it was a little muddled, I got to say. Um, it, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if I watched it a second time, because I've only had time to watch it once, but I wonder if I watched it a second time, like maybe I would have a different impression of it. But it seems a little confused. Um, I, I don't think that's a seams. I think that's a, like that's straight up. It is. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. 
Yeah, it's, um, it's a little identity crisis-y kind of. Well, it's, you know, Brooke and I have had this talk a lot on the Patreon episodes where we're talking about early Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sam Raimi made this movie when he was 20 years old. <laughs> um, he didn't know what he was doing, but it's also amazing. Well, you just that, explained like, the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but this was a guy who was like, uh, really more obsessed with like comedy and like straight drama and like he and his buddy, Bruce Campbell, they like, you know, they'd put on plays, they'd make little movies on super eight and show them to people. Um, but he just got, you know, this was sort of the thing that was happening in the, late seventies, early eighties is you could get a small amount of money to shoot a horror movie. And because there there's a fan base there, they would always just sort of make money. And so if you kept it low budget, if you did it pretty straightforward, you could make a movie. And um, that was, that was what he set out to do. Uh, he went around, collected, like, well, they wrote the script. Uh, and the original script was called The Book of the Dead. And he said, I want to make this movie. It's probably going to cost about $30,000, $40,000. And uh, in order to do that, he and Bruce and some of their other friends went and shot this 20-minute, like, proof of concept thing. Uh, called, um, oh shoot, what is it? Away in the Woods? Watcher in the Woods. It's not called Watcher in the Woods. That's something completely different. Um, (laughs) Something about In the Woods. Um, But So they went and they shot this short film. And they started taking it around to people and uh, said, like, hey, we want to make this movie. Will you invest in it? And they got together enough money to go out and shoot it. And they rented this cabin in uh, in the mountains of Tennessee. And they and the crew went and lived in this cabin for 12 weeks. They lived in the cabin that the movie was shot in. Everyone was living there. The cabin did not have running water. Think about that for a second. Uh, you have like 30, 40 people all living in this tiny cabin, like four or five people in a room together, no running water. And uh, they were originally only supposed to be there for six weeks. Shooting took longer than they thought it was going to. And then people had like other stuff they had to go and do. And so people like left like some people left in week seven some people left in week nine and so like in the final two weeks it's just sam raimi and bruce campbell and like one guy with a microphone and like that's it (laughs) and they're like cobbling this movie together uh but they got it done it was a hellish shoot people hated it uh it was cold it was you know people were angry at each other all the time. Um, But they made this movie and um, 
uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen, who ended up, um, Ethan helped ended up uh, ended up helping uh, edit the final film, uh, and and he and Ramy became fast friends and collaborators in the future. And um, but uh, the Cohen brothers were like, oh yeah, like Sam was the first guy we knew who like instead of talking about how much he loved movies and like wanting to make a movie he just went out and fucking did it. So we're like, we can do that too. And so they're like, let's make a simple plan. Let's make crime wave. And that's what they did. And like, so it's like this weird story of just like, I have this idea for this movie. I'm going to shoot it really cheaply. We're going to go out and we're going to do it. And it is sort of what it is, Um, which I just think it's like the coolest thing, Melissa, that like your two franchises that you nominated for this season mm-hmm. both have the same starting point where it's like <laughs> Sam Raimi went and made Evil Dead, Kevin Smith made Clerks. And they're both these right. micro budget movies. They're both kind of problematic, but they're like also seen as classics. That's funny. I would not have made that connection, having never never seen this franchise. Um, that was completely unintentional, but it's funny how that worked. Well, great job. You're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, so this movie is insane. And yes, uh, it was ultra low budget. They made it for nothing. Um, it ended up making like a little bit amount of money. Uh Partially because when when they were finally done with it, um, okay, so th- when they released this movie, um, Bruce and Sam thought it would be a hoot if they booked uh, the theater uh, where Bruce liked to go and see movies and like set it up like a big premiere event and invite all the press and everything. They rented ambulances to park outside and turn their lights and sirens on because they're like, this movie is so scary. We wanted to make sure we had medical staff on hand. And that was like the vibe they were trying to go for of like hyping up their own movie. And it kind of (laughs) worked. So um, they, they had this, they had this premiere in, it was either in Detroit or Dearborn. I can't remember. Um, and then started taking it around. But eventually one of the people whose hands it got into um, was one of the backers of the con film festival. And he said, I'm going to take this and I'm going to show this at con. Sure. Why not? And so they did that and guess who should see it at con, but a young writer named Stephen King who said, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life and starts like evangelizing about it. And because King is like kind of a hot topic at this point, they build the marketing around that and um, start touring this movie around. It gets an NC-17 rating. And so once again, it's like, oh, this is the movie that is too scary. People don't want you to see this movie. And it, it becomes one of those cult films. 
and it sort of takes on a life of its own. And uh, and so then five years later, they remake it as Evil Dead 2 uh, once they realize that, oh, yeah, the thing that's really working here is this is kind of a comedy. And um, the horror parts are, are fun and interesting, but let's let since we can now like have a real budget, I mean, not a real budget, <laughs> um, uh, but kind of a budget. Like let's uh, um, let's let's do something with this. So yeah, Evil Dead, uh, crazy crazy story. How this got made. So do you do you feel like Stephen King was really that scared by it? I don't know. I mean, what scares Stephen King? <laughs> sounds like an existential I, question. <laughs> I feel like there's a difference between like this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I was so scared by this movie. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. And, and who knows how much cocaine Stephen King was taking at the time. So, you know, I don't know. Um, But he really liked it. And I think, I mean, and it is kind of a like game recognizes game. This movie has a lot of limitations. There are parts of this movie that, I will just say flat out are bad, but there are elements in here that I watch them and I'm like, that is so brilliant. That is, that is really, really smart. And I can see exactly what he's trying to do. And the interesting things that Raimi is doing are what become his signatures when he's able to make much better, better movies in the future uh the whole like oh we're gonna we're gonna strap the camera on a bike and like go through the woods real fast and make it look like you know the camera's coming for you which was something that the coen brothers ripped off and used in raising arizona um which has been ripped off by countless other filmmakers um because it's now become a trope and um, now it's the steady cam. Like and they, now it's yeah. They made a whole piece of technology because of this like you know, experiment. Well, you know what's funny, I mean we we talked about this with Rocky. They invented the steady cam right before Rocky came out and the um like the run up the the stairs at the Philadelphia sta- uh Philadelphia Museum of Art steps was one of the first sequences that became popular shot with a Steadicam, 1976. So a few years before this, they couldn't afford a real Steadicam. So they like, they had this like fake one that they set up where they put the camera on boards and like people like on both sides of it, like were just like running through the swamp and they were like this homemade (laughs) This homemade steady cam because they couldn't afford a real one. Uh, they were able to afford a real steady cam for Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. But like, well, that's good. Yeah. This is just like homemade crazy stuff that they were doing because they only had $30,000 to make this with. So, I, I, yeah. I also heard that because they didn't have running water, that I don't know why it was significant that they wouldn't let him sit in the truck, but they wouldn't let Bruce Campbell sit in the truck after they were done filming because he was too covered in gore. And um, uh, <laughs> something that, gone red. 
I mean, that sounds correct. I mean, if you're all covered in uh, corn syrup and red food mm-hmm. coloring, you're going to get that stuff all over the car's interior. So yeah. like, you got to get that all cleaned off. I don't and you know don't how have you, a shower. Yeah, how do you deal with this movie if it's like 40 degrees outside and no running water, no hot water? Like, I don't, I don't know how they did this. Bruce Campbell just, is a man's man. It went and like sat in the river. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. It's just, it's just absolutely insane. Um, this movie's insane, and it's also hella problematic. So let's talk about that, Melissa. I think you brought up a really good point about this being a horror comedy and what what that really meant. So. And I find this indicative of a lot of older movies um, that a lot of the parts that are meant to be funny, whether it's intentional or not, is at the expense of women and violent, you know, violently against women. Um, I think some of the stuff that, you know, once the ladies become possessed and, um, you know, they, they, start to try and and basically kill ash i mean of course he's going to defend himself but i think that some of the ways that that he does is meant to be funny but it's really only funny because 40 years ago violence against women in movies was still considered funny Um, this goes all the way back to like the earliest movies where a woman was hysterical and the man would slap her and snap her out of it you know that type of thing um, those that kind of violence against women was often played for laughs, and this is just like a early '80s version of that in a way, and it really bothered me. Um, you know, I came into this movie with no real expectations except that it would be scary somehow, and I tried not to read up on it or do anything like that because, you know, I didn't want it to color how I saw this. I just wanted it to stand on its own merit. But there, there, and I knew there would be problematic things because it's made in 1981. I mean, hello, but the violence against the women and some of that being played for what I think 40 years ago would have been obvious laughs. It, it, it bothered me a lot. Yeah. And, and Raimi has specifically like gone out of his way to apologize for that. And I think this was very much colored by him personally taking this movie around and showing it to people. And when he saw how they reacted and suddenly when there's all these like gross frat boys, like slapping each other on the back um, when uh, you know, when a woman's raped by a tree, he's like, no, that was just meant to be scary. And like, you're you're taking it in this like really gross way um i mean but that's the like oh well intention versus impact Mm -hmm. um you know and and he really regrets it and uh and and says like i definitely would not ever make this movie this way ever again and uh and you see that (laughs) it's like you, you don't 
You don't see that in any of his future films. They're, um, I mean, they're not like feminist movies, but uh, they're they're better. So uh, there's there's growth, which isn't like to apologize for this, but it is to say like <laughs> he recognized that this is bad and uh, has has turned away from it. So, and I think that's I think that's good to note because. Yeah. Yikes. I agree with Melissa um, in that the parts that I think most people probably found humorous weren't. Like, I think you're spot on, Melissa. Like, those, those were, and you watch them now and you're like, that's not funny. It's just so depictive of what so many problems are now. I thought that there were parts that were funny, like um, when Ash tries to get out of the car on the bridge and looks down at the pieces falling and like his eyes go all huge and he jumps back inside of the car or right. when he's giving Linda the, the monocle as uh, Kit <laughs> called it. <laughs> and they just keep like their eyes just keep darting back and forth. Like there were those parts that I was like, what is happening here that I thought were, were quite humorous, but I don't, it's like you said, Melissa, I don't believe they were intended to be, um, and the parts that were probably seen as humorous just weren't. Yeah. Yeah. The power struggle over that mon monocle was real when she was dead. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, they really cared about that monocle. <laughs> they I mean, really did. <laughs> I was like, who so what an, uh, a magnifying glass for their, you know, their anniversary <laughs> or whatever it was. There, uh, I mean, she wants to look rich. She needs her monocle, you know. Yep, bring me my monocle. I want to look rich. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, th but that's exactly it, Brooke. You've you've hit on it perfectly. That you know, I think everyone realized. Oh, Bruce Campbell doing funny reactions is actually like the best part of this. And the fact that the subtext of this, the, the last like 30, 40 minutes of this movie essentially becomes like, okay, everybody's already dead or possessed and they could like kill Bruce at like any time, but they don't. And it's rather than them like hunting him down or hurting him, although they are hurting him. It seems more like they're just like annoying him. It's like they're just like pecking at him and like bothering him rather than like, um, like oh let's get him all covered in like monster guts and blood, and like how can we torture this guy more and more, but not like actual torture, just like put him through the ringer. Like that's how you know he had a sibling there. Caro syrup <laughs> boarding, right? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> totally. Scoreboarding. Scoreboarding. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's that's what kind of makes this fun is putting putting Bruce Campbell through the paces. And I think uh I mean that's what <laughs> that's what they built the entire franchise upon. Yeah. Um, essentially that. Well, and the absurdity of like the blood coming out of their mouth and like the white pus like what was that 
milk that starts milk. shooting yeah. out of yeah. their bodies and like those were the parts that made me just laugh i was like what is happening <laughs> but oh, it wasn't have, have you ever seen drag me to hell no sam raimi's later movie actually like a pretty good movie um but the whole like it's amazing the the greatest trick in that movie is sam raimi got them to rate it pg-13 because rather than using fake blood he uses like white liquid that's supposed to be like pus which is like way grosser and it's like he's starting that (laughs) he's starting that here but they're like well it's not it's not blood. It's just they're spewing white stuff. So, you know, like, I guess it that could left be me that. thinking not good things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's in many ways much more subversive, but, um, yeah, there, there were yeah. a lot of moments where I'm like, Oh, he got it in his mouth. Oh no. <laughs> It's like, just keep telling yourself, it's just milk. It's just milk. It's okay. It's just milk. Yeah. It's like, what is this brown stuff they're dumping on him? And I mean, it's probably just like chocolate syrup or something, but you know, it's like, it's in his eyes and his hair and his mouth. And I'm like, oh, poor Bruce Campbell. Yeah. But (sighs) kind of funny. Um, I'll tell you my, go ahead, Kit. I was going to say to talk about. Not to watch or, or or experience like that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, my favorite my favorite thing in this is the like Ash build something montage, which is uh, when when he takes her down into the basement and like locks her up with chains. That like weird montage where it's all these quick cuts and he's like putting the chains across her and then like running the machinery and then he grabs the chainsaw off the wall and you're like and then he like looks at the camera and it's like oh that's where this came from that's the whole you know and we're gonna see that like four or five other times throughout these movies and it's i i love that (laughs) it's just like it's the greatest little trick and i see Basically, no one except Sam Raimi ever use it, and I just, I, I'm like, oh, that's the thing, that's the thing that I love. I love it. Thank you. I'll take it. Uh, but were there any, were there any other things that people actually did like coming out of this movie, or are we, I don't know, where are we all at on this? I was going to bring this up during Best Kill, but, but. One thing I I really enjoyed because it was kind of nostalgic. Um, at the end of the movie, when he throws the what do you call it into the fire, and they oh the it, Necronomicon, yeah, yeah, and Scott and Cheryl start to like decompose. All of that it, it reminded me of claymation, and maybe that's what they used. I don't know because mm-hmm. it's you know early eighties, but it and, and the editing was not great on those parts because it looked a little you know kind of scratchy, but seeing their bodies decompose so quickly and it was obviously very practical effects and camera work that they used to make it look that well it i don't know i just really enjoyed that um i think because it it's kind of nostalgic because this is a time before cgi you know and and i gotta say i saw a poster the other day for the new one that's coming out soon 
And um, it looks pretty slick. Like they use more than just practical effects. Um, and uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that because one of the things that I think I enjoyed about this movie is that it really was practical effects. It was makeup and, and no CGI or anything like that. Just old fashioned Hollywood makeup and smoke and mirrors. And, and um, it was enjoyable, I think, because sometimes all the green screen and everything, it, it becomes too much. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's way too much sometimes. And um, th this, this wasn't too much. And in a way, like seeing that kind of bluish green makeup, like they used in some of the uh, early zombie movies, the Romero ones, you know, yeah, seeing that hue of makeup on them once they they were uh, dead. It, I don't know. It it like you. It's almost like seeing the sausage get made because it's so obvious that it's makeup and it's not real. But it made it creepier somehow than if they had just gone with like prosthetics and you know hundreds of dollars and six hours in the chair working on someone you know what i mean like they do now mm -hmm. yeah totally cgi somehow it made everything more creepy it, it really upped that factor and, and i think that's what's missing like a lot of what passes for horror movies these days is a lot of violence and gore but not necessarily creepy you know mm -hmm. like it's it's totally. violent and bloody but it's not going to keep you up at night like it did with Brooke. You know what I mean? Um, it, <laughs> it's And that's the old-fashioned kind of scale. Like, if you can make me wake up or make me creep out or make me, like, get under my covers and shiver a little, that's a great horror movie. And a lot of them these days aren't that. Uh, but this movie, it was creepy. And I think the practical effects and makeup had a lot to do with it. So I enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. No, I, I agree. agree. I thought that part of it was fun and like, like you said, it was fun and scary. Like when Cheryl first like gets raised up and is in front of the window and she's yelling at all of them. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's one of the parts that woke me up in my dreams. Like, and then just watching from like her point of view of her, like looking out from underneath the floorboard and being like, let me out. Hey guys. And you just see her fingers, like her dead, creepy fingers. Um, mm -hmm. It, this reminded me a lot of like a campfire story. Yeah. You would sit around and tell and you, you imagine all these things in your mind and it's like they brought all of that to life in this movie. Um, and those were the parts that were funny to me. Like like seeing her taunting them from underneath the floorboard. I thought that was funny. <laughs> like, But also really freaking creepy. And I think they just did a really good job of keeping me engaged like I said, I kept like all the jump scares I would jump at and was like screaming out and really enjoying it, but able to, to see it for what it was. And I, I liked that. I thought that part of it was enjoyable. Totally. I and love that observation about it being like a campfire story. That's, that, mm -hmm. that's exactly it. Yeah. And, and those things that worked are not the things that are problematic about this movie, which is what's so great is it's like, right. you can really celebrate those instances of brilliance and be like, he really had a hold on something good here. 
and he made some bad choices and he learned from them. And I think that's, I think that's really good. So awesome. Well, um, shall we, shall we move on into our box office and studio notes stuff? Can we talk about the tree rape one more time? Are you sure? Go for okay. it. So I I just wanted to uh, comment on that like violence towards women thread because I wasn't sure if we were going to come back to the specifically to the tree rape scene because I feel like it's like okay this is a you know rape is usually an act of seeing another person as not a person like committing violence towards another person you usually are desensitized or traumatized and you don't see that person as a human being and so i'm like tree who hurt you um but i also was like you know what would be more traumatic is if like scotty or or ash had been attacked by the tree because like seeing a woman raped is very difficult but seeing a man raped is like oh that's like incredibly dehumanizing for him and i think it would have you know just been scarier for the audience maybe yeah Um, well and i've i've heard i've heard people say that like the scariest thing about the movie alien is that it is a metaphor for male rape and um that that's the you know, the everything from the impregnation to the, the chest burster scene is is that. And that's one of the reasons why it so viscerally works. And kind of the role reversal um, where, you know, Sigourney Weaver is actually the, you know, the, the sort of alpha, the one that we should all be listening to and is the one in charge. But... Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I I don't disagree that like for 1981, 1983, that would have been more effective. I would also like to just in general move past using sexual assault as a like a horror tool. signifier of like, Oh, we're going to raise the stakes by, you know, by hurting someone through sexual assault. That is a very good point. But um, in recognizing how effective of shorthand that is, I think that, um, yeah, it, it, it certainly would be, would be better in that way. But yeah. Well, and it's an interesting point to bring up Kit because I think that had it been a man that that was happening to this movie doesn't get made in 1981 like I don't I don't see that as being something that they could have even accepted or conceptualized at that point and had he it would have been like you are a pervert and we're going to put you in jail and how dare you even suggest such things but but um, You've never seen Deliverance, have you? Well, that was the other thing I was going to say, except for in Deliverance. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that movie still to this day is one of the ones that people, like, refuse to even talk about or mm-hmm. watch and see. Like, when I was picking my three movies that I hadn't seen because of the time I hadn't um, for 
the Yours, Mine, and Theirs podcast. Deliverance was one of the ones that I was originally talking about. And even, you know, with them, it was like, that's just one, like, we really don't want to go there. We really don't want to, like, that would be a really hard one for us. And I was like, okay, well, I'll I'll do these other three bro movies instead, right? Like, but then to have it happen in a show like this, it's still considered, even after the fact, horror comedy, that that could be put into a light of a comedy as opposed to something that is just fundamentally unacceptable and why should they be different they shouldn't be it it just shouldn't be a trope it shouldn't be something that is used for for comedy or for effect and it's it's just interesting that it's viewed so differently in light of a man yeah It certainly is. And yeah, I mean, it's, but that's what makes it problematic. So yeah, I don't know that we'll ever like get to the, get to the real bottom of that. Um, okay. Box office. Okay. Um, this movie, I, Oh, well, I lied. Um, I thought it only made like a million dollars. It made $2.4 million. Good on you, Evil mm. Dead. Uh, adjusted for inflation to 2019 numbers, um, which is the last year they've adjusted inflation to, which I should probably uh, adjust it some more. But two 2019 numbers, $6.98 million. So I mean, still like for a, for an independent movie, like made for like thirty, forty thousand dollars, like that's uh, that's a big deal. Um, it has also made millions and millions and millions more on in multiple DVD releases. This continues to be one of those where every few years they'll put out a new restored version and. The fans will go buy it because it's another version of Evil Dead. And it just has that that cult following. So a uh, very reliable um, source of income for, uh, for the folks who worked on this movie, even though they um, did not put in a lot initially. So good for them. Uh, studio notes Who wants to start with studio notes stop beating up women uh yes yeah no no tree rape scene thank you no tree rape no tree rape i would i would like yeah just generally i would like look at this through the lens of violence towards women and rewrite a whole bunch of it maybe be a little a little more thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, other studio notes? Well, the... <laughs> I mean, we could have stopped this movie had Cheryl just spoken up, right? When she first sat down and started drawing squares on her piece of paper. I. The things that kind of stood out to me in this movie was 
they would have these things happen and then it's like it would kind of disappear as though it hadn't happened so um she does the whole writing on the paper thing and then they sit down for dinner like that hadn't happened um and overall like especially ash he's so non-responsive uh-huh. in most of the scenes he's just kind of standing there and just looking at everything else that's going on without really any sort of reaction and so those were some of the moments that it just kind of took me out of the story i was like wait why is he not reacting to this whatsoever um so i would have i would have changed that a little bit more too well, he's I thinking was... about that monocle he's got to give to Cheryl, you know? It's, <laughs> oh, it's on his mind. He's... Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um... So here's a question. For each of you personally, at what point do you say, oh, hell no, we're getting out of here? Like, what? what is the point where you're like, let's turn around, this sucks, I'm out of here? Um. For me, it's like as soon as they cross the bridge, I'm like, this bridge sucks. Like, no, like we're not even crossing that. Turn around. Let's go someplace else. This is not safe. But to your point, Brooke, everyone else is like nonplussed. Is it, is it drawing the pictures? Is it the porch swing? Like eerily. The porch swing would have been it for me when the porch swing stopped, but, um, so I, mine, mine, go ahead, Kit. I was gonna say mine probably would have been too late because it, like, it probably would have been because you didn't know about the, the, um, the drawing, but it probably would have been like when they started playing the tape. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like I'll be like, oh, this is a murder house. I was just thinking that as a joke before, but it really is. And definitely by the time the girl actually starts guessing the cards correctly, but by then she's possessed already, so it's kind of too late. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's definitely too late. But like, yeah, finding the Necronomicon and just being like okay, we're closing this basement, we're leaving, I think would also be a good idea. <laughs> Melissa, what? Um, when someone suggested we have a, a weekend at a cabin in rural Tennessee, Mexicans don't make it out of a <laughs> They just don't. Damn so, right. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm not going on this trip is the correct answer. Exactly. Oh, so that's why there is no representation in this film. Yeah, we're smart because <laughs> they are not stupid enough to go. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is more than 10 years after Night of the Living Dead. You could at least have like, you know, one token person that's of color, actually, but but yeah. they know not to go to Tennessee at that point because, like, yeah, it, rural yeah. Tennessee, fuck that. Yeah, that's- no. If I, if the only thing you can say when they ask where you are is pointing at the map and saying here, like, there's no town name, there's no, nope. Yeah, I was watching it though as I watched it, um, and I guess the the point of my earlier studio note is if you're going to have these things happening to the women put in dialogue around it afterwards, right? Yeah. Make the women not just a prop of what's happening to Ash, but like this really was a story that I think centered around Cheryl. 
and what starts happening to her and the way that she is being possessed by it, but that's not at all where we see it from. Uh-huh. And so it just makes her such a prop. So I would have liked to have seen the characters just be more fully evolved. If you're going to make it a real movie, right? Like if it's just a campfire story, then it gets a little bit more leeway in my mind. But um, as I was watching it, I kept thinking, would I have done this? Would I have gone outside the cabin if I heard a noise? Absolutely, I would have. I absolutely would have. I would have walked out. I would have been like, what was that noise? Oh, look at the full moon. It's so pretty. I've I've absolutely gone walking out in the forest by myself and left my friends. And so I think I'm the worst person to ask that question to because I would not make it out alive of anything. That's why I would have done the same, though. And, and here's why. Because that necrom whatever um, was found in the cabin. And in my mind, I think I would have thought... <laughs> That was the root of the evil, and so the evil was rooted in the cabin. So I would have tried to leave the cabin. Um, I would not have thought that, like, the trees were fucking possessed, like the whole forest. (laughs) Right. Um, So I probably would have done the same, and that's another reason why I would not have fucking gone in the first place. (laughs) There's no, if there's not even, like, a town name, like you said, there's no law, and there's no fucking plumbing, fuck you. I'm not going. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. It's like, like it's, oh, good. If friends are like, let's get an Airbnb, cool. That place better have Wi-Fi. It better be super nice. And it better be like, uh, have like access to all civilization. I am not going yeah. in the middle of nowhere to like get away from it all. I'm like, no, yeah. let's go to the middle of a city and like, live in some fancy apartment for three weeks, you know, or three nights. Not Yeah, I mean, you know. often it sounds nice, to, but then when you remember all the horror movies you've seen, you want cell service. Okay? Yeah. Like, I want my fucking cell service. I need at least three bars, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. You know, if, if it, there's not at least three bars showing and wherever this place is, I ain't going, you know, because – you got to be able to call someone. And that's the thing. Like, even if they did have cell phones in that day and age, there was probably, where was the nearest law enforcement or emergency services? Probably towns away. That There's no fucking be- bridge anymore. Yeah, that too. So, yeah. I, no, uh, uh, I, yeah, no. It's, it's interesting <laughs> to see how they tangle with all of this in the remake from like, 2012 or whenever that was. I'm really excited when when we get there to talk about that. Sorry, Brooke. Oh, I was going to say one of my coworkers, her name's Tashika, and we we have a horror movie club at work where we just watch horror movies each month. And she always says to me, you are the like epitome of white people shit. Like, she's like <laughs> I don't I don't know how you are still alive. Like when you tell me like real life stories of shit you have done, she's like, you would be dead. You would absolutely be dead in every movie. And I I think that's just something that I have to, and maybe that's why I get so into the movies and get scared by them because I would make the worst decisions. <laughs> yeah. You're Drew Barrymore in the first scene in Scream. You're the absolute first one dead. <laughs> Sorry. You don't even get to stick around for the rest of it. It's like, nope. <laughs> the, the, 
the, the thing about Brooke, though, is she's likable enough that I think somebody would go with her to keep her from being effed up by whatever was outside. You know, especially it's like, you know, it's like if, if there's a family member there, they're going to go with you or a girlfriend. Unfortunately, I think because Cheryl was like the fifth wheel on this, like, let's get out of town and drink and party. And well, yeah, the screw, sister. The screw around. So it's like, I think she kind of just invi- invited herself on that weekend. So everybody's like, I don't want to have to stop doing my thing. Whereas like if Brooke went out in the middle of the forest, I would first say be like, Brooke, that's some white people shit. You know you're going to get killed. And then second, uh, you know, pick up the flashlight and go with your. I'd be like, cause... no, it's fine. That's just in movies. We can go. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen the movie Creep? No. From 2014. So no, that was one of the movies where he watched this guy gets hired to go to a cabin to do documentary film work. Right. And he shows up and and this is all in like the first like two scenes of the movie. He drives up, there's this ax and a piece of wood outside the front door. And the guy that he's there to do like jump scares him before he even gets to the door. And then he's like, ha ha, I was just playing a joke on you. Come inside. You're going to do this camera work on me. There's like no cell service and everything. And every single person that I worked with was like, no, you fucking leave. You don't go in the house. You just say, oh, sorry, I'm not doing this job anymore. And you leave. Yeah. And, and we watched the movie and I was like, you know, I totally would have gone inside. 100%. Like, I'm getting 100%. paid. 100%. This is fine. And that is why it's a good thing I don't have a dungeon in my basement because Brooke would already be down there. <laughs> Where'd Brooke go? I don't know. Join us! <laughs> That's actually my pick for best line. I <laughs> know, yeah, seriously. I don't know. I think they need to work on their sales pitch if they want to join him. You know. It's, you know, what it's, it's creepy because it sounds like, oh, they wanted me to go to like their little dinner party and they're going to be good hosts. No, they want you to like join them and murder people and shit. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's creep. It's one of those creepy things. It's so simple. It's two little words, but it yeah. works. Well, and I think, again, that's what works in this, <laughs> in this, when it's being like super primal and really simple. And it's just like, Join us. Come with us. We're dead. We're going to ha ha ha. This is so fun. Um, yeah. Melissa, uh, I know you'll never go camping with me based off of this conversation. <laughs> but if we ever did, I would be the person outside your tent going, join us. Oh, that's how you're going to get murdered. Yeah. And then <laughs> Melissa pulls out a gun and shoots me. And I'd be like, yeah, that's totally deserved. oh man so you're like my old roommate i had a i had a roommate that when i was sleeping would sit on the floor by my bed and make that uh, noise after we watched the ring yeah no (laughs) fucking stop it let's stay (laughs) i've done that to my bestie many times because she does she wants to see the horror movies but she's scared of them so I have to go with her and yeah, there's a lot of, like, I have to sit forward in my seat so she can dick behind my back. Like, <laughs> oh! 
just like put her hands over her eyes or anything like that. So she has to like dip behind my back so she can't see it at all. And uh, so, yeah, I have to sit like on the edge of my seat, not because it was exciting or scary, but because my my bestie needs to dip behind me. So it's You're uh, such a good friend. <laughs> You're a good friend. I have left movie theaters because one time I had a roommate and and so the, and who was the same way. So the roommate and the bestie, I had to sit in the middle of them up, you know, sitting at the edge of the seat. Both my arms were bruised because they would just grab my arm like so hard when, you know, we went to see... um. The Blair Witch Project. Oh Jesus! Oh wow! Oh, that was a mistake because taking both of them. Oh my God! Um, yeah, Bruise City on both arms. It was crazy. Um, I almost fell into you know onto the floor because they were like both trying to dip behind me. It wasn't there wasn't really enough space. So yeah, um, but I but you know I'll make it worse later. I'll, I'll you know like um, we would see a horror movie and we go out in the parking lot. I'm like did you check underneath the car? She's like, what, what, you know, and like, you know, just make sure no one's there, you know? And, and, uh, just <laughs> that, like, did you check the back seat? What do you mean? Well, I mean, how many times have we seen the, the, the villain in the back seat when you get into a car, you know what I mean? Like, and so then she didn't want to get into the car, you know what I mean? So like, I, I've done that too. <laughs> I yeah. am your roommate. I'm the one, <laughs> but then, but I enjoy, I enjoy being scared. Like I just, I like it. I don't know. Well, I, I have a pretty good idea of why. And that's why I like the Scream movies so very much. But, um, yeah, I I am the one that is constantly yelling at the scream, at the screen when I'm watching the movies. Like, I can't, I can't, I, I get hooked, line, and sinker every single time. Totally sucked into it. Yeah. Well, we like to be scared. It's It's fun, you know, because... Because you get scared, you get like the adrenaline rush, but then you're you're actually safe, so it's okay. It's like oh, you get the adrenaline rush of, you know, oh my life is in danger, but also you get to be safe, so it's okay. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're doing horror movies because we haven't. It's like even the Hannibal movies, those aren't like, those are not the same as Evil Dead and and Scream. So I'm glad that we get to do this. Well, and unfortunately, only the first Candyman is even worth talking about. So it didn't feel like a franchise. Yeah. Well, yeah, those, (laughs) there there was, especially two and three, I, you know, I, I keep, I always forget the like, the 2021 remake and it's like oh yeah that one also existed but it's just that first one was was so good that first one is really really good those those second two do not scare me at all the (laughs) the fourth one is like oh this is yeah yeah okay any other studio notes or are we ready to go on to our new category New category, best death or kill. I I already said that uh, this before, but um, for me, it was the the last two, Scott and Cheryl, because of all Mm -hmm. the animation, like the claymation looking stuff. For me, that was just the best death. Yeah. I was going to say Cheryl because she had the claymation like Harryhausen style claymation, but also just mountains of gore boarding. 
for yeah. Ash. So it was just real nasty. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'd say I, the best, like, I'm not dead yet death was when she <laughs> pulled her out of the fire. And she was like, thank you. Those coals were getting so hot. <laughs> you have such pretty well. skin. <laughs> that, yes, that was the best. Um, that's mine is on a similar vein is the the outside dismemberment um of of like, head. oh i like yeah it took off your head and you're still alive and still like yeah that was yeah. a lot of fun uh, yeah so oh uh, fun uh so then best best one liners or quotes that I mean join us. Join us. Shut up, Linda. Um <laughs> uh, mine is mine is soon all of you will be like me, and then who will lock you up in a cellar? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think that's so good. That's a good one. Yeah. That's just it's like, oh, that's a, I don't know, that's like, that's an existential question, isn't it? Hmm, who will lock me up in the cellar? Uh, fun, fun. She's not Linda anymore. That's great. I like that line just because, like, everyone gives me such a hard time about, I can't watch, um, what's that zombie TV show? The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Walking Dead. I can't watch it. And this one... I think part of why I had scary dreams from this movie, well, it was just done really well, like like Melissa said with the gore and the, like, it's just like watching goblins. I don't know. It was really well done, but I don't normally watch the gore parts of movies, like the, the blood parts and the violence. I don't, I like scary movies, but I don't like watching people die. Mm-hmm. And on... The Walking Dead, even though they're zombies, it's just too real. Like I can't watch them. I can't watch that show. It's just too much for me. But um, I like this one because they make a point of saying, "Well, it's not Linda anymore." But then, as you're watching it, it's still really scary and really gory, and you still see them as these people. And um, I just think they did a really good job with that throughout this whole movie. Yeah, I liked that line because it. It kind of plays in jest to what happens in so many other movies. And I, I like that they call themselves out for that. Totally. Do we have a uh, then a favorite side character? Mm-hmm. I kind of don't. I think... I don't know really favorite. I mean... I guess everybody's a side character compared to Ash, but there's just, there's so little cast in this movie, you know? Yeah. There's just not a whole lot. It's like, (laughs) I wish there had been. I don't know. The two people waving to them on the side of the road as they drive. (laughs) One of those is Sam Raimi. (laughs) (laughs) Put himself in this movie. He also put his brother in the movie, Ted Raimi, who. Yeah. He's one of the, the, what is it? Slubs or. Shemps. Shemps, yeah. Yeah. He, so it's nice to think that somewhere in there, the guy from Sequest is a, is an undead girl. Well, and and Ted Ted shows up in most of Sam's movies. He like 
continues yeah. doing it's the same thing that the the James and um uh Kirk from Gilmore Girls gun always oh. do. I can't Sean. Sean gun. <laughs> yeah. yes. James and, and Kirk gun. <laughs> no, but uh yeah. James and Sean Gunn, uh Ted and Sam Raimi. Ted Raimi in he's in uh the Spider-Man movies. He's in yeah, he's on Sequest. He's he's in all of the um you know, this was kind of like Sam Raimi's like bread and butter for a long time was like daytime or not daytime, but like syndicated <laughs> TV. Um syndicated TV, like Hercules, Xena, Sequest, like he had his fingers in in all those pots. Cena? Sam Raimi did Sequest. He had have to some, watch it again. He had some part of that. I can't remember what he it did was. Did Zena? Yeah. This feels Sam- very Zena esque if you think about it. Yeah, no. It's it's not. Well, um shoot, Just in the some, style, not Yeah. Happens, shoot, there's some connection between this movie, like one of the producers of this movie is also the main producer of Xena. Um, but anyway, but that's why like Ted Raimi shows up in, in Xena and Hercules a bunch too. And uh, they're, they're all, they're all a part of this little group. And I can't remember what the, what the connection is, but yeah. Um, the the whole thing kit that you brought up about the uh, the fake Shemps, um, Sam Raimi is obsessed with the Three Stooges, which is one of the things that you can you can kind of see in this movie. And mm-hmm. when they're filming, he's like constantly like, no, no, the the movement's kind of like this, and he like explain like this Three Stooges sketch to everyone, and it's weird if you think about it that he's like talking about filming this horror movie like it's the three stooges um but the three stooges like famously because shemp was a drunk there was some reason why shemp like couldn't show up to set a bunch of times and so he had like multiple doubles and they'd just like show up in the background when he couldn't like actually be on set and um yeah so so he was like kind of obsessed with this and so he had all of his friends and members of the crew playing like doubles of the other characters um in in other shots and he called them all in the credits fake ships one of them is his brother ted so uh Raimi brother trivia okay um well, normally we do best song, but I don't know. Was there a? I don't think this movie really had any music in it. So, um, okay. Is this a good movie? Nah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I'm sure there are lots of people who will disagree with me on that, but I will say. It is not a good movie. It has elements of a good movie, but it had potential. Had a lot of potential. It's a good scary story. Yeah. Well, and I think we'll see what that turns into with 
the next movie when he has a budget and has uh, time to reflect and and do do more, do things differently. Is our main character, Ash, Ashley, a good person? No. No? Not really. I mean, I think... he's standing around frozen when his friends are possessed. He's, you know, I don't know. I think not, he's a neutral a... person. He's a what? <laughs> he's a neutral person. He's not yeah, good. Yeah, there we go. Just... Yeah, because yeah. it's like he doesn't really have the the oomph to be a, a true hero. I'm like, but then again, would a true hero really like dismember his girlfriend with a chainsaw when she was unconscious? just because she was possessed. I don't know. I mean, would maybe that's what a good person should do. Like at least... I think a good person would have stood up and turned off the fucking tape when Cheryl was freaking out. Yeah. Yes. That is Seriously. true. Yeah. yeah. And wouldn't be slapping his, I don't know if it was his sister or his girlfriend around, like, because she's possessed. It's like that. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. That's not great. And would we show this to children? Fuck no. If you were trying to punish them. No, not even if I was trying to punish them. This is like beyond. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not okay with this. Uh, no. Okay. I do um, not need my child seeing even like fake gore of him shoving his fingers into someone else's eyeballs. and. Yeah. True. Spewing the goo out. That I don't think that will ever leave me. That's yeah. That's <laughs> that pretty bad. intense. Yeah, that was bad. But one of my more favorite effects in this movie is like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> like, oh, Ew. latex mask. Let's yeah, do, let's just like shove the goo out. It's kind of fun and satisfying. It was great. That's where, really. that's where Blade Runner got it. Ew. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so future business, um, we get to watch the remake, uh, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, uh, for next week. I also have, uh, a, a piece of, of somewhat future business because I was doing some looking at the calendar, um, and we have a wee bit of a problem (laughs) Uh, we are going to get to Evil Dead Rise before Evil Dead Rise comes out in theaters unless we take a week off. So we can either take a week off or, Melissa, I can suggest we can add in... Is there a birthday movie birthday we could do? We could add in what? Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, Yeah. <gasps> Let's or Cabin in the Woods. Or Cabin in the Woods, or both. But I think Tucker and Dale versus Evil is yes. awesome. So good. Yeah, it wouldn't have to be a birthday movie. It would just be like a kind of like these mm-hmm. are the movies that are obviously like inspired adjacent. by and sort of yeah adjacent to. So if if we need two weeks, I think maybe Kit. I I I do want to do. I, I kind of want to do Cabin in the Woods, and but I feel like we'd have so much to talk about unpacking the Joss Whedon of it all. Um, that's yeah, that's true. It was it was just funny because I felt like 
I was like, I see where everybody else sampled this movie mm-hmm. in like when I'm watching it, but I'm still really not having a great time. <laughs> so and yeah, so, I'm okay not doing it happen in the woods. Well, I think and Tucker I'm, and Dale is way better. I'm wondering if maybe uh maybe that's a Patreon too. I don't know, but let's discuss <gasps> Yay! it. Okay. Yeah. I I but I had the same thought, like because I kind of like I kind of want to watch Cabin in the Woods again now. So like it's been ten years. Let's see how it's held up. So yeah, okay. So um, we're gonna add Tucker and Dale in in here because that's fun. Um, so you heard it here first, and that's it. But we'll uh, Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn next week. Uh, and that's it. And we'll we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Join us. Go watch so goodbye. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it. That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Jen.